You're listening to Flux Pod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. This episode features Ryan and Troy from Anti Art. I think one of the coolest new music publications out there. They are kind of a collective of people who are doing kind of a combination of music criticism and curation and just goofing off with shit posts. And it's all on Instagram. I mean, they also have a podcast and some other stuff going, but like the mothership for them is on Instagram. And I think they're doing some really innovative use of that platform. And uh, we'll talk a lot about that. And we'll also talk about, you know, the cool stuff in music in 2021 as we kind of close out the year. Uh, we get into uh, Kanye and uh, Tyler, the creator, quite a bit in this one. Uh, you know, the, the, the lads are, are big Kanye fans. So, it was, you know, they're there. We got to do it. Um, just a reminder that you can get all the episodes of Flux Pod over on Patreon, all the non uh, regular feed episodes, which include the miniseries uh, September about Led Zeppelin, uh, the four parter about uh, U2's uh, misunderstood album, their big flop, Pop. Um, there's a Sonic Youth uh, thing that I did. It's a whole bunch of stuff. There's going to be more mini series coming up. There's also like radio episodes where I just play songs. And I can't put that over a regular feed. But uh, let's get into it. This is uh, the guys from Anti Art. I'm here with the guys from Anti Art, uh, Troy and Ryan. Would you guys like to tell people who you are and what you do? Yeah, you can you can start, Troy. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm Troy. Um, yeah, I am a writer for Anti Art. I help run the page, do digital design, a little bit of audio if Ryan throws me the podcast <laughs> every now and then. But um, yeah, pretty much just work like all around, all over the page. Ryan, um, what do I do exactly? Uh, a lot of different roles on the page. Um, you know, I do concert photography, um, editing, writing, uh, graphic design, uh, podcasting, podcast editing. A lot of different hats. Um, we started originally just doing music reviews, and uh, we've kind of grown past that at this point. So um, yeah, it's still in the of, mix. A lot of different hats. It's still in the mix. Yes. Yeah. So so okay. How would you describe anti art to people if who have no experience with it? Because I think it's kind of a unique thing. Um. Well, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll let Troy follow up on this one too after. Uh, but I'm just gonna say real quick. Uh, basically, we started off as anti pitchfork. Uh, for a lot of people who don't know, um, <laughs> we, we were a spite page at, at first. A spite page, yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the, the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> say that yeah. It's on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, we're moving to a website uh, very soon. So maybe by the time this comes out, uh, the website will be out, um, <clears throat> like the full blog. But yeah, basically, me and Troy were at his apartment. We were watching uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. We saw this uh, episode or whole season arc, basically, where uh, Larry David starts a spite uh, coffee shop because he doesn't like how things are running at the, <laughs> the coffee shop next door. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I mean, we kind of did that for, for pitchfork and for enemy and for all these other publications that like, I don't know, they got some things right, but they just like, we're just way too, you know, um, the corporate interests were just way too, yeah. you know, heavy <laughs> on it. Um, so we decided to make our own page essentially. And, uh, which is, run, is which is there. basically the origin story of pitchfork. Like that's exactly what Ryan did when he started pitchfork. Damn. My name is Ryan too. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, wow. it's, a, it's a Ryan thing. You wouldn't get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like, it's funny, like, like, yeah, you've basically have like gone back to, it's like the cycle begins anew. I think that was the thing that like I, I got from it right away, aside from just even just like the, 
use of Instagram for like a magazine format, but also just like very native Instagram stuff with memes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it, it definitely belongs to Instagram. It's not like something that's fully just like, we're just wedging something that shouldn't be there, there, but yeah, just getting like, Oh yeah, this is like, if all of the blog stuff that happened, like, you know, I mean, I'm like pretty for much first wave on that. I started Flux blog like 20 years ago and mm-hmm. as of this oh, wow. February. Yeah. Congratulations. So, that's that's a long time congratulations man that's awesome i I hope you guys get your 20 years too (laughs) fingers crossed over here (laughs) yeah but uh, yeah it is the thing where it's like oh yeah this is like what it was like back then it was just people who were like oh yeah these all the all the music magazines suck we have to do it ourselves Mm. and i yeah i mean pitchfork now really is something that's like unrecognizable from what it was before no, totally. Like, honestly, um, like that's how like we totally felt like in the beginning. It's funny how it's like times like a flat circle over here, like <laughs> two Ryan's <laughs> doing the th- same thing again and again. But um, yeah, we really just like wanted to focus on something that wasn't really behind like um, like companies like coming in and like paying money for like, you know, their albums to be talked on the website or something like we. Yeah. Really just or just like you have to play nice because you don't want to like upset like you know particular people like whether it's like a label person or a pr person mm-hmm. no exactly have, have pr people descended upon you yet um it's it's happened a little bit i mean just like to, in to like a mild extent i guess like sometimes people will send us stuff thinking that we're going to review it like a b plus or b minus and i give it like a c and people take that as an insult <laughs> or people are just like oh that's not really what i was like looking for but it's like i don't know like <laughs> it's uh, it's just my opinion that's really all it is i don't we don't get paid to review anything ever so yeah do you have you had like oh come to our show kind of stuff um oh that i mean that happened with my friend uh my buddy uh chavo um he's a he's a rapper out of atlanta uh, his sister is actually Corey LeRae. i'm not sure uh, if your audience is familiar too much with like contemporary hip-hop but she's like a pretty huge star and uh he yeah he's a really nice guy uh he's released two mixtapes in the last two years and uh, i actually met him went to his his uh show and met him and uh, his friend uh also on the label uh uh jelly his name is he's another rapper um but yeah i went to his show we we you know got high and he performed and you know i actually genuinely really like his music so like that that whole event was a, a w for me i'd say <laughs> wait so how old are you guys you guys i think i was guessing probably like mid-20s yeah, you got it perfect dead on. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah 26. Now 25. Okay, yeah. So on top of everything else, you're also basically like the opposite and generationally where we're both like kind of like, well, I'm I, like on my end, like I'm not really Gen X. I'm not really millennial. And you're kind of not really millennial and not quite Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, you're hitting it right on the head, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly how we are because we have the memes and everything on our page and, and we interact with a lot of these um these meme pages um, that are like, you know, they're mostly like 20, 21 year olds and uh, we're friends and stuff with them. But then also we interact with people like, you know, Chris and people like uh, Felix from Chapo who are like, you know, those are more prime st- millennials right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we throw the memes out for the kids and then the reviews, you know, to get a, <laughs> a, a more adult audience. <laughs> yeah, for the ones that read. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who aren't afraid to read. Yeah. Wait, so, so what kind of me- music media do you like that was in inspi- that inspires you? Like what what are you drawing from that like, oh, this is the good shit. We got to do this. Um, I mean, F- Fantano for sure. Uh, in some regards, he was definitely like a big inspiration to me. Um, and early Pitchfork stuff too, like maybe like early 2010s, uh, really inspired a lot of my music taste. Um, but 
yeah, overall, again, it was like a, a, a definitely like a heel turn type of thing where it was like, I don't want to be like, you know, a lot of these publications in certain ways. So we, we picked the things that we like, you know, maybe and you also clearly weren't like, I'm going to just try to write for them and just be a freelancer. Yeah, yeah. Machine, which is, right. I think, I'm sorry, hold on a second. My, my, my rad ear is going to go off occasionally. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Might, our, our buddy John, there we go. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I live in an old building. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, um, so yeah, what I was basically saying is that I, I was taking pieces from, uh, media that I do enjoy, you know, um, maybe like the Gonzo style, of like a Vice or like a All Gas No Breaks, but also like, um, you know, like the the actual reviews and the context heavy stuff of Pitchfork, but then also the straightforward, just explaining each song by song instrumentally, like uh, the way that Fantano does. Yeah, and I feel like you guys also have like a pretty identifiable taste. This is the kind of stuff you're into. It all kind of like clicks together as an aesthetic that a lot of a lot like a lot of people have, but it feels right. And I feel like um, you guys clearly love Kanye West. Like he's definitely a North Star. <laughs> I would say. I guess you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before Kanye we went on the uh, before we went on the the mic. Uh, yeah, like my friend, our friend Molly mentioned to me that Ryan did like a road trip of listening to all of Kanye's records in sequence it's a uh, chronological order. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, wait, yeah. So, yeah, so tell me a bit more about that, that experience. Like what were the observations you had of, of kind of like really just like doing a speed run on a man's body <laughs> of work. It's like, so at what, at what point was that? It was, um, I'm guessing it was probably before uh, the new one came out. Um, well, basically, so me and my, me and my buddy, Mike, uh, my buddy, Aaron and uh, his, his brother Mike, uh, we all took a road trip down to Atlanta to go see like the second uh, Donda album premiere, um, which was you know it's his new album and you know yeah. with, like newer features and and upgraded sound, all that kind of stuff, and it was very sick. Yeah, and but... you were kind of chronicling this as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, chronicling the journey, uh, taking note of like how much stuff probably cost, the amount of money he gained, the amount of money he lost, um, because he was like living in the stadium at the time. So, um, you know, as you do, as you, do. <laughs> you know, we like who, who amongst us hasn't like worked at a stadium, finishing a record and decided to live there as well. Yeah, of course. All of so us, nat- you know, what a, I mean? a series all of natural decisions. Yeah. I think as you do, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just live in the office. You know what I mean? Just like you wake up and just start grinding. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I mean, as I drove down there, um, you know, we listened to each album from, um, you know, his first record college dropout all the way to like the. Uh, Jesus is King, which is like his worst record. Um, but what I did notice as like going through, you know, the first three records are all very positive and all like jokey and that kind of stuff. But once you get to 808s and Heartbreak, it's just like you can really tell like something went horribly wrong. Uh, and in that case, it was like, you know, his mother's death and the the his um, breaking off with his fiance. Um, and you can tell yeah. by the sound, you know, it's just really like it, it, something something went terribly wrong. Yeah, I mean, it really is a night and day thing. And like the sound you get on 808 is really kind of like all that like warmth and heart that was on those first three is just completely hollowed out. Yeah, it really is. It really feels like like the insides of you have just been like scooped out like a melon baller. Exactly. And, I, and somebody told me like a little while ago, or I think somebody might have commented on our um, our post recently because um, Virgil Abloh actually like assisted with that cover. But like um, the deflated balloon on the cover, I didn't realize it was deflated until I somebody had mentioned that. And that, that makes like a whole ton of sense. You know, I, I like I always kind of interpret it as more like a crumpled piece of paper or something. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. the, I think like it was stepped on or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's all basically the same thing, but like the, the literal part of it's. Uh, right yeah right exactly 
I mean, that's how good the cover is, right? Like three different people can look at it and just have three different interpretations of it. But it's all essentially the same thing. You're all taking away the same vibe. Exactly. Like we all still like kind of get it, even though like it's like looks different to us. So where do you land is like the the pinnacle for him? Or are you going with the common thing of its uh, dark, twisted fantasy? Uh, um, well, I mean, oh. we both kind of like um, had like uh, well, we both have separate because I know if, like for myself, I really like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Like personally, for me, like when I like started getting into the artist, like I remember like after the whole Taylor Swift debacle, and then like a year later, he's performing at the same like same what was an MTV video uh, video awards, mm-hmm. and then him coming out with like Runaway for the first time. Like I don't know, like for me, like just the whole like showmanship of it, just like. That's when I really started getting into Kanye myself. And uh, yeah, I think Ryan like, just... once he really has the means and the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it just like uh, he's just such a showmanship. You know what I mean? As soon as he gets like behind a camera, like it just you don't know what's going to happen. And like, it's really just going to be amazing. Wait, so, so being younger, like, I mean, I've been basically listening to him just basically as he's been going along. Because like his first record came out when I think when I was like 22 or something. Mm-hmm. Um. But for you guys, like, where is the what is the entry point for Kanye West? For, for me, it was um. Uh, I just also wanted to say Yeezus is my favorite album. Uh, to answer that question, Yeezus um, is probably my favorite too. Okay, cool, cool. We'll, we'll definitely yeah. yeah. Yeezus is really good too. I know a lot of people don't like Yeezus, but I think Yeezus. This there's just like this great energy to Yeezus, and some of my favorites that he's ever done are on that. I mean, I like Dark Twisted Fantasy a lot too. But that one, I think there's a kind of a bloated quality to that one. Literally, yeah, where, exactly. Yeah, whereas this <laughs> one, I mean, whereas it, the, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like the reaction against it is to make the like, tightest, leanest record. Mm-hmm, no fat. Yeah, that's what I like about it the most. And every 10, all 10 tracks like serve a purpose and that kind of thing. But um, yeah. but yeah, that was definitely like my re my reentry into Kanye's work. Uh, like like pretty much like Troy was saying was through um, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. That's what kind of reinvigorated the spark after like I, I wasn't too big of a fan of 808s and then like cruel summer wasn't like too good so i was kind of losing faith in him a little bit um around that time but like yeah my beautiful dark twisted fantasy when i re-listened to it um really got me back into it but originally it was um like i think it was windows media player or something had like its own streaming platform like in like the early 2000s or something i don't know how i was able to access this but like uh, wait I, I, oh fuck i <laughs> you don't know I, about- I worked on that for a little while oh shit <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I, I had like a free because mtv had like some kind of curatorial thing and like mm-hmm. one of the jobs i had when i was like 25 or something was just doing some like writing on that i think i can't remember what it's called at the top of my head but yeah i worked on that that's so weird <laughs> this is the first time i've ever once in my life heard anyone like bring this up yeah it was like janky. It was just, that was like seriously just like writing into a void yeah, it was so janky. It was like the, the craziest platform, but it was just like the way that I was able to access. Oh, was it, it Urge? I think it was called Urge. Yeah, maybe. I, I that that does. Yeah, that rings a bell. <sighs> yeah, it's a long time ago. I never think about it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what was it? Jesus walks. I remember listening to that on there, and like mm-hmm. I, it was when I was younger. It's always I was listening to shit that I shouldn't have been listening to, um, and and somehow I found that on my parents' computer, like, and they wouldn't have wanted me to listen to that, but I did anyway. So <laughs> that's kind of my whole story. Are they are they atheists? No, no, no. Just like, uh, you know, it has cursing on it. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Jesus Walks is probably one of the more like wholesome rap hits of the 2000s. That, yeah, that's true. I mean, I was able to sneak certain things past them. Like, like I couldn't play GTA, but I could play like Halo. You know, they're both rated M, but I was able to convince them like, oh, it's aliens. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no prostitutes in this game. Like, 
Get me this. <laughs> so certain things I can sneak past, certain things I couldn't. Where'd you guys grow up? Uh, I grew up in um, the suburbs of Philadelphia, so in Delroy County, if you're probably not familiar. No one really is. Actually, you know, um, what was it, that show, uh, Mayor of Easttown? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the my neighborhood that I grew up in, that they just and made it, the show on. How do you feel about the accents on that show? Okay, I I, I thought they were <laughs> hilarious. Like, they were just so funny. They were just like, yo, I'm going to get some water. You guys want to go to Wawa? Like, I'm going to hoagie. <laughs> <laughs> Just so like, yeah, everyone that show is doing basically like Philly Boy Roy from like the best show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like it was just so funny to me. I mean, like I wasn't offended as much, you know, because like I, I I can understand like you know like they tried, <laughs> but like yeah, everyone I talked to, they're all just like, yo, that show's trash. Like, <laughs> it's like that's like it's so unrealistic. That's like yeah, it it's so dead. unrealistic, dude. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just like all right, I'm gonna go wah wah. You want something? <laughs> Like it's so accurate to what the neighborhood was, but then also like you know I see why people didn't like it from our neighborhood. Uh, immortalized, Ryan. Where'd you grow up? Um, New Jersey. Uh, I'm actually there right now. Uh, I, I did. I moved out for a while. Uh, I was up in Connecticut. That's kind of where I I started the page, and you know Troy was in Philly, uh, still in Philly. But um, yeah. Wait, I, so how'd you guys all meet? Was it uh, all through the internet? Uh, college. No, yeah, we met okay. in college. Yeah, we were, uh, what did we met, meet? Sophomore year? Like, uh, one of my friends uh, introduced me to Ryan, and then we've just been boys ever since, really. Mm-hmm. Is that true of everybody who contributes? Uh, pretty. I mean, pretty much. Uh, we have a couple of other people, like my buddy Ryan. He's, like, been my best friend since, like, uh, for a while. Uh, I was just hanging out with him earlier. He contributes once in a while um, and has, has posted some stuff. And our buddy Eve, too, the, uh, Troy went to high school with him, so... Mm-hmm. yeah yeah he just saw us um doing like uh the page and then he like like we made like a dumb post of being like you know like that one meme just like it's like at a party where like there's like a dude in the background being like oh they don't know i do this or something <laughs> like we were like oh they don't know that uh, i'm right for anti-art <laughs> and, then we, <laughs> and then we like put that out there and we're like hey does anyone want to join us and my buddy eve was like hey i do i really appreciate what you guys are doing and yeah did like a quote-unquote interview and end up being a writer for us and being a pretty predominant person on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So you guys are kind of like switching gears into kind of like a year end mode. The, the, you know, the, the grand tradition mm-hmm. is what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so like what's hot for you for 2021? Um, I'm right now this week, uh, I'm starting to work on uh, worst albums and worst songs and also best meme pages, See, best that- memes. That's see right there. That's the difference because no one else is doing worst. <laughs> Everyone's too nice now. Everyone's way too nice to do the worst. Yeah, so we got to no, we got to get into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean we are anti art. I mean like we're not like a negative page, but like I think like it's funny whenever we put out something kind of negative. It's you fun. Know, just it, a, I have the most fun with the negative reviews. Oh, arguing people in the comments oh, yeah. too. It's so funny. <laughs> Wait, so what sucked? Ed Sheeran. <laughs> the, the safest punching bag in the world is Ed Sheeran. Oh my god! Sure. You, you, don't, you don't believe <laughs> no one will ever feel like. I think even like hardcore Sheeran heads are just never going to be like you know it's a lost cause. We can't. I, I mean, I actually think like his his new singles are like pretty decent. I kind of like him in that kind of like. There's that one where it sounds like he's trying to do like the like like that big weekend song "Blinding Light." It sounds like he's trying mm-hmm. to do his own version of that, like triangulated with that other big hit, uh, "Shape of You." 
yeah so, i don't but, i don't really mind him in that mode it's like when he does like the really like sappy stuff i have i have no feel for that <laughs> there's a song on the <laughs> album where he, it's like he like writes to his daughter and it's like it, the beat i don't even it sounds like um i don't even know what it sounds like I, it's hard to describe it sounds like one of those like uh stock like uh ukulele like tutorial like songs or whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's that plus like all these lyrics about like bubblegum like houses and marshmallow rivers and stuff like that and i'm like this is fucking this is this is baby music like <laughs> well he guys... is writing it to his baby i mean <laughs> yeah you know as you do um i mean that's i guess there is a tradition of that you know writing the song for your kid but um did you guys you guys ever listen to time crisis like the ezra Kadig uh apple radio show it's a good show yeah i enjoy that one there is an amazing thing that you can find on youtube where it's like clips from like many many episodes over a period of time where they're just riffing on the shape of you and just dissecting that song to like a hilarious degree mm -hmm. and i recommend that to anyone listen to this fantastic find it on youtube.com yeah that's a great show i i do i enjoy the way that uh ezra and um uh Jake. the dude yeah, Jake uh, Longstreth, like the way that they dissect um, pop music and the way that they're like, I don't know, they're almost like the opposite of us in the in the way that they um... right because like Ezra as, as a professional musician um, well, yeah. cannot diss anyone. Well, he does Grammy voting too, so he doesn't want that. Yeah. He doesn't want to get that taken away from him. Like I, that's totally understandable. But like, yeah, I just love the way he like he'll always like find like a caveat for like a uh, Baby Rex or like Florida Georgia Line or something. He'll just be like, wait, but actually, like <laughs> this, you know, <laughs> I feel like that's actually like a pretty good in on things though. Like where where you're just mm -hmm. looking at something like I don't really like this, but let me figure out what's good about it. I feel like that's uh, an underrated critical skill. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's like um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think I think it's always nice to look into things that you like. And I remember, you know, on our episode with Chris, he pretty much kind of said the same thing. He's like, yeah, as I'm getting older, I just like to find more stuff I like and like, I don't know, like ignore the stuff I don't like type of thing. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's more, you know, not completely trusting my impulse to dislike things as much like because over time you you know you have enough things where like you didn't like it at first but then you know you, the time is right you know mm -hmm. but i mean there's definitely things i don't i'm not really into and i just try to keep my mouth shut about it um, <laughs> i have a problem with that you, yeah because <laughs> it's just uh i don't know you don't want to insult your friends who are really into it or you know again like you also could just like suddenly you know in my case like suddenly like bb bridger sounds amazing mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah yeah <laughs> as opposed no, to just yeah. kind of like flat and just kind of there yeah. i think like that kind like that kind of thing where it just doesn't really sound like something but you know people have like this incredible emotional response to it mm -hmm. like, i don't know how you could possibly have an emotional response to this i think those are the things that kind of really get under my skin more because i just i feel like I don't feel like anyone else is lying about their emotional responses to things. So it's like, what is, why yeah. can't I see the thing? It's hard. You got to find it for each person. Cause I mean, if, like certain people have certain experiences and, and it links up with music right away. I mean, for Phoebe, especially like, yes, her voice is like not the greatest or whatever, but like for me, my favorite thing about her is the way that she, um, um, I, I love the details and concreteness of her lyrics. Like, especially when it comes to talking about heartbreak and toxic relationships and, she has a she has an element of humor to her music too, but like yeah, I, but but one thing I realized with reviewing music, and I think Troy can probably speak on this too, like you know if you don't like the way something sounds and something sounds flat or something sounds like you know something sounds like something else, like 
you're going to be less prone to dig into it and, and find all these like great qualities because you're just like, you know, at the gate, you're just like, oh, well, I don't really want to, I don't really want to enter because it's just like kind of, you know, it's not my style. Yeah. I feel like as I've gotten older, like, like my ear just wants like to hear like really rich harmonies and things like that, mm-hmm. like on a chord level, not really on a vocal level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So like a lot of stuff that sounds good to me will start deriving more from like jazz and R and B mm. or will be like the, like, you know, like rap stuff that's like pulling a lot from that or, 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 or like rock music that moves in a more, I guess, like, like, you know, I'm, like I saw the new pornographers last night and that's like one of my like all timers. Mm-hmm. And that's like an incredibly harmonically rich band, you know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I, th- I think like my, and I think I've always, always had like a, a taste for like kind of maximalist stuff too. So, you know, when you're getting a thing like, like it's not the beat up on poor Phoebe Bridgers, <laughs> respect, <laughs> hey, but like her music ahead. is so spare and like, it's not very yeah. harmonically rich at all. So to my ear, it's like, it sounds empty. Yeah. I mean, for me, and again, I, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I want to throw this to Troy, uh, to give him a chance to talk about Punisher as well. But I think we, we, we actually gave Punisher an A plus last year. I think I would downgrade it to like an A minus now, but like, yeah. um, I don't think she I think it's be... safe to say that's going to be a classic. People will be talking about the yeah. record for like oh, yeah, the rest of time. But I was going to say I don't think she could do the same thing again. Like if she does, if she does a record like that again, I would give it like a C because it's just like no progression. And yeah, tr- tr- like maybe I can throw it to Troy for sure. Like, I don't, are you getting tired Free of moving that? Troy? I feel like that song uh, Silk <laughs> Chiffon that she did with uh, is it Muna Muna? Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like that song points in a good direction where it's like okay, you can just do like kind of like pop songs and like. I think I feel like she kind of sings the hook on that song. It really works. And life's so fun, life's so fun. Got my mini skirt and my rollerblades blades on. Bag on my side, cause I'm not too gone. Keeping it light like social fun. Life's so fun, life's so fun. Don't need to worry about no one. She said that I got her if I want. She's so soft like silk chiffon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no yeah um yeah i was gonna say like a phoebe bridger's like i don't know like i guess it really is kind of like um they gotta have like the taste for it you know what i mean like you gotta like really like with phoebe like i really stuck out for me was that it sounded different at the time but uh but now like i feel like after phoebe came out i feel like a lot of like alternative singers that kind of like followed suit with that same like singer songer um like, style like claro yeah yeah exactly like calero um what was that one girl's name uh stacy darcy like oh, uh, like, oh like, uh, lucy dacus you're talking about oh that's what <laughs> stacy yeah, darcy like, oh my god <laughs> that's it if you listen to our podcast i'm so well, bad with names the crazy <laughs> thing about lucy dacus is that like her first couple records are really more of a classic indie rock sound mm-hmm. but once she, she starts like working with phoebe bridgers like you really feel like that the record mm-hmm. that came out this year, I don't really care for yeah, I mean, it, again. Cause it's like, it just moved in that Phoebe Bridgers direction. <laughs> whereas it's like, Oh boy. Yeah. Um, she, she has a cold. Yeah. I, I liked her a little bit more when she kind of had a bit more, like the songs just had a bit more rock edge to them. Mm-hmm. Like she'll have kind of a, like a harder hitting chorus or something. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I definitely think she has like a cult, like Phoebe has a cult like quality to her the way that she, um, uh, the way that she influences like her fellow musicians. So once she got Boy Genius going with uh, Lucy and um, I forgot the other person's name on, in, in Boy Genius, but like it definitely homogenized the sound and it just has become like the Phoebe Bridgers vibe, like quote unquote. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's interesting because like I, I think uh, like, she has a very unique space 
in culture because like she she and she there's kind of an influencer quality to her. She's like really mm-hmm. incredible at mm-hmm. social media, and I feel like she, more than a lot of other artists like manage to really gain fans from for music from that because that doesn't always work. Um, but I think that's also a thing where lots of people in the music industry like want a piece of that. <laughs> Yeah. And like the like I feel like there's definitely things you can point to whether you know it's cynical or not. It work can just feel like people are trying to like use her as a uh, bit of uh, credibility. Mm, I I think I see what you're saying, and and definitely the way that she advertises. I'm not really throwing Taylor Swift specifically <laughs> under the bus. There. I feel like <laughs> there's a very logical kinship between those two. Yes, uh, there was this one meme where it's like, oh, like you're gonna need a therapist after listening to this, or it's like Phoebe and like Taylor standing next to each other or something like that. And it's like, I yeah. I can definitely see what you're saying, where it's just like, oh, like yeah, now Taylor is the therapist songwriter, <laughs> like like she's globbed <laughs> onto that. I, that, I, that I I think it's one of those things that's that's actually part of it for a lot of stuff where it's like this whole thing of like performative sadness in like, fandom of music and like i feel like uh that's that's a thing where i really feel like a, a, some kind of generational difference no i i feel that too as being between um you know the two generations like i definitely like you know feel the same way where phoebe is just like i don't know her, her music is good and everything but like i i definitely hate that shit where it's just like oh you know, yeah, you're going to need a therapist after listening to this. Like, like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> like it, just, it doesn't make the music good. It doesn't add anything by like repeating the same joke over and over and over again. It just like after a while, it, it's going to the music is just going to sound exactly like that. Whatever that whatever that meme is like, just going to. Yeah. Like that. And, it's, and it's applied to a lot of different things, obviously. Yeah. Not right. just her. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I've always kind of. I, I kind of brought this up recently in like a Twitter thing where it's like, just say like if, if people were like performative about sadness, like in, on social media in the nineties where it didn't exist, mm-hmm. like what would have been the things that people would have like been this way about? I think the, the most popular responses, which I think are correct. Like Tori Amos and the Smashing Pumpkins. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. And I, I mean, I guess this, yeah. this was always definitely a thing for people who are really into Morrissey and the Smiths. That's always been like a huge part of fandom for that. Like being sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm so sad. I'm I'm too, you know, I'm too fragile for this world. <laughs> Were you about to say too British or too brittle? <laughs> uh, yeah, too brittle. I'm, 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 I have hollow bones. <laughs> I have hollow bones. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean, though. Just like, I feel like just the way that fandoms are nowadays is that like, it, like every fandom is like an aesthetic now. You know what I mean? Where like people Right. Are, and I feel like the people who are kind of fucked is like, you know, there's it's hard to make an aesthetic out of a lot of things. So, you know, I mean, there's lots of artists who kind of specialize in kind of a, just things that aren't like identifiable vibes. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel like that kind of actually defines more adult music for the most part. Mm. So, but it makes sense for like things that are really more, you know, if not for teens, but have like kind of a teen mindset in some way. Yeah. And, and uh, maybe like circling back to your original thing where you're talking about like the, you know, music of this year. Um, I think somebody who definitely embodies that, um, but it's also not performative and it's also in the lyrics. And I think it really just embodies everything like that, you know, people in generations you're going through, like um, Pink Panthers, the new Pink Panthers mixtape. Oh, yeah, she's great. I really like that, especially the song uh, Pain. Yes. Oh, my God. That's that's <laughs> just an instant classic. Love that song. <laughs> Thank you.
and I, I love the way that she expresses herself. And and a thing I wrote in my like mini review basically is like, you know, a lot of these um like smaller meme pages or or you know the ones that I follow that are like in their twenties. Some of them have like close friend stories, and I won't like you know tell tell you exactly what's on the close friend stories, but like you know it'll always be like oh like should I text this guy back or like oh like is it weird that I like screenshotted this guy's picture like you know like and it'll be like a poll it'll be like yes or no <laughs> and i feel like pink panthers pink panthers music is like is that like that's exactly how i feel when i listen to her music when she's like oh like i'm watching you on your morning run again you know <laughs> type of thing oh, yeah and but her also her taste and the way the way she uh programs beats and stuff is like weirdly very 90s yeah 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 it's a uh, she has because she uses a lot of those kind of like these break beats that would have mm-hmm. been like like a hot thing to use in like 1997 or something yeah she has a uh, and she's probably born in like 2004 or something she's like 19 yeah she's really young yeah i don't know where she got that from (laughs) but i mean well you when your parents are gen xers that's their music it's true that's a good point i'm I'm sure her parents were bumping like a lot of uh, 90s freestyle and like uk garage and stuff of that sort I mean, there's all kinds of stuff where the, the logical explanation for why a lot of young musicians sound like 90s in some way, shape, or form is definitely like, well, their parents are 90s people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what? Like there's a lot of, you know, it's the, the music you kind of grow up just hearing ambiently really kind of sticks with you. Yeah. The, the the meme of like the putting the headphones up to the um <laughs> the pregnant stomach or whatever, like, oh like I'm you know, playing my baby Arca or whatever, like <laughs> it definitely rings true. You know? Yeah, it's crazy because like uh, an artist like Arca really kind of traffics and stuff that's supposed to, that really sounds like like through through her whole career is like uh like it's new it sounds like this is like the fresh new sound this is like something like we have the the, we're using the most modern technology to make Mm -hmm. something cool eventually that's going to sound old (laughs) is this how it goes yeah like there's lots of music that you know i'm old enough now so it's like stuff that was in the 90s or in the 2000s that was like the coolest freshest sounding stuff now it just sounds like if people do it now, it's like, oh man, remember Aphex Twin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they keep it just weird remember, enough. Remember Bjork? She was great. Yeah, you guys remember Bjork? Yeah. You guys did a whole whole bunch of stuff on her recently. Yeah, I've done. I've I've been really deep diving into her her whole discography. <laughs> I, I've, Wait, so so what uh, triggered that? Was that was that kind of a connected thought with Arca? Um, basically, I don't know. Like like what happened with our page originally? Like like. You know, me and Troy would review like Twenty One Savage or like you know like The Weekend or like whatever was hot at the time. But like after a while, I've gained like a niche fan base of like people who love like there's a there's like twenty artists that they love, and it's just it's like for some reason it's Fiona Apple, Arca, Bjork, um, uh, FK Twigs is one of them, Grimes, uh, Pink Panthers falls in there, like um, uh, Shy Girl, like any artist basically. Yeah, that, this is a definable aesthetic. Yeah, you know? it's, it's recognizable. Mm-hmm. And Arca and Arca is like, well, actually Bjork is like the queen of that. So anytime I do a Bjork review, anytime I post a Bjork photo, anytime I post like her outfits, it's always like it's it's gonna get like 800 likes. And after a while, I've just been like, wait a it's second, feeding the beast. <laughs> yeah, I was feeding the beast for a while, but after a while, I was just like, wait a second, this music is actually fucking sick. Like, let me actually and. And now our pop is like my number one genre of the year. Like, and I'd never even listened to that before. So. Yeah. So, so wait, the, uh, where do you land? Like what, what, what are your, what are your top three Bjork albums? So I've only gotten through, 
I listened to the debut. I listened to Post. I listened to Homogenic, uh, and I listened to um, Vesper- Vespertine. Vespertine. Yeah, I mean the the first four are just unfuckwithable, and then you know the the rest of the stuff. Your mileage yeah, varies. It's but intermittent. You, you just can't step to those first four records. Yeah, They're just I, I've heard classic, v- classic, classic, classic. Definitely, and I've, I heard Volnikuro with Arca a little bit. Um, that's a really good album. But from what I've gotten into, my top definitely is Homogenic, and like I also realize it's like I think it's my favorite album of all time. And then it goes oh, so good. Then it goes post. Then it goes Vespertine. Those are my top three. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would probably agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I, I I've 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 been wanting to get Troy more into like the weird uh, weirdo shit that I I get into. But it's uh you know it it it's hard sometimes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard because like I mean like along with like those reviews, we also try to like review like what else is like kind of like hot that's out right now. Like like we know like people wanna like hear our opinion on like the justin bieber album yeah that's more troy's beat exactly yeah exactly i i take those bullets so i can let ryan (laughs) (laughs) review um review all that stuff yeah you know like um in fact that's how like we we try to like make sure this page like kind of like grows and way like we try to like curate our decisions of which albums to review just so like we can hit like a certain audience because like, you know, in that audience, there's definitely like a huge amount of people that you just don't really see, you know, just like, quote unquote, Internet people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was also thinking about just the nature of doing this on a platform like Instagram where you do get that feedback. You can see engagement like I, you know, you know just doing things on like blogs that are not like. Just, you know, just websites by themselves, you know, where the only kind of indication you could have is just looking at traffic, you know, and I, I kind of stopped even doing that. But like, but that kind of effect of, uh, you know, trying to get that engagement. And that's something I know more from like professional, my, uh, my professional career, because I worked at BuzzFeed for many years. So like all that stuff, like, I kind of just siloed all of that competitive uh, audience stuff into that. Yeah. Yeah. We're starting mm-hmm. a website too. And it's, that's one of the things that's going to be difficult. Like definitely like um, trying to figure out what people are like into and, and we're definitely going to keep with the Instagram too. I mean, we're going to just, it'll be less like stuff like to scroll through on Instagram and it'll be more like, um, like you, you can, you'll be able to scroll through and read the reviews online and where it's like easier to read and stuff, but we'll definitely continue. Let's go like heavy on like link and bio kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely heavy on link and mm-hmm. bio and more of like, you know, even though, you know, I guess you just become the villain after a while, like the way that I really do like the way that pitchfork does their social media where it'll be like, Oh, like, um, you know, this is the best new music and it's just a picture of the album and like not a lot of tags, but then they'll have like, Oh, like we're, you know, uh, we reviewed, you know, this classic album and it's just like a really nice, like polished picture of the artist. And that'll get like a lot of likes because it's like people just like, you know, people want to share that picture and people want to see those pictures. So it's like, you know, more I'm going to we're going to conform more a little bit to the Instagram format because it's, you know, it's a little bit of an unstable platform as far as, um, uh, you know, we, we've almost gotten banned a couple of times for just dumb shit. So um, I, I'd, I'd rather have a professional like, you know, text thing like some on some other, you know, like an actual website where they can't take it away from me uh, if I yeah for whatever reason they want to. Yeah. What so have you actually had any engagement with like Pittsburgh people? Mm, I I mean I don't think we have, have we? 
at least not yet. I mean, we did change our name. Like, so like after like we decided to take this page like seriously, that's when we were like, okay, we're not gonna name this anti pitchfork anymore. Like, we're gonna yeah. switch to, to our own brand. But I, I don't even necessarily mean in that sense. I like, I guess like, or even just like beyond that, like just like other music writer people. Hmm. I guess besides me. <laughs> Uh, yeah because i was thinking like i bet ryan schreiber would kind of love what you're doing just like that like because it's really more like his spirit than like what pitchfork became especially after he sold it because i I remember because i i wrote for pitchfork for a little while from like 2009 to 2011 or 2012 something like that and like Ryan has like this kind of like trollish trollish spirit. I I I I remember being at one of those festivals and talking to him, and like he would, he just had like these ideas or something where it's like I wish we could just do more stuff where we're just kind of like uh, I guess kind of what you guys are doing. Like here's the worst of the things or just stuff that would just get people going. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, definitely. like but by that point, like there were you know he had hired enough adults to kind of be like, no, we can't do that. Oh, we're trying man. to be respe- we're trying to be respectable yeah you no know? i totally know what you mean like um yeah because like that's how like I, I feel like that's where we're at right now where like i mean when we first started off like we kind of just like went off on like whatever we wanted to do like um like i know like ryan wrote like a pretty bad review for like machine gun kelly's album like from like last year but, like now like days like i feel like we can't really post like pretty negative reviews on projects anymore without like you know backlash or without even because like we also don't want to piss off people at the end of the day like it was much easier doing it when we were like nobodies because yeah. like because of course like we know like you know machine Gun kelly's never gonna read it like he's not even gonna know who we are <sighs> the you people you have to worry about is the fan armies though oh yeah we we've been doing a lot with that like especially like um we wrote the review for the Lil Nas x album like like because we understood like you know he is an icon he is very good at what he does he's really good at marketing uh he's a good performer just but a like, person of social media like exa- exactly to, or, I, I would say the music is sort of secondary to all of the things the music is sort of a scaffolding for the cool shit he does mm-hmm. yeah exactly and like we kind of like said that like in our review just like you know he's a genius in marketing but like we're not like the biggest fans of his album and like the comments were just they're all just like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about they're like you your take is bad like you know it's just like everyone's just like they love critiquing our critiques which is i think is just like pretty hilarious like online yeah i, I think it's like the people you really have to worry about is like like taylor swift fans or something like, i know oh, i know yeah. people and i feel like the, the Taylor Swift. It's very telling that, like, the the the, the Stan armies are way more brutal to the the women writers. But I mean, there's one f- uh, friend of mine who's just been like relentlessly bullied by Swift fans for like the slightest, uh, the smallest slight from like like two years ago, and like this never let up. And it's like, it's it's psychotic when you really get mm-hmm. to that level. No, it really is because like because we like would write about Taylor Swift, too. And like, you know, we like, of course, like we're big Kanye stands over here. So like, well, of course, like we love Kanye. But like, I feel like we kind of understand that they're both kind of like crazy. But like, I think Kanye is just more like entertainment or entertaining in his craziness. But like, yeah, like we said, like some stuff about Taylor. And then like we made our post for like the top albums of the year, like maybe like a month later. And like a Taylor Swift fan just like instantly was like wrote like a paragraph into like our comments being like, why wasn't ever more on here? Like, blah, blah, blah. You guys are so biased. And it's just like, 
like we're not even like trying to talk about Taylor anymore. Like we've kind of moved on, but it looks like, you know, it still bothers you guys. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of scanning through the feed. Uh this you guys have uh, I'm I'm looking at like the uh what is the 100 club? Is that just like the when when things are like excellent? Uh yeah, sorry. I just I got a text from Ryan. He said his computer. Yo, was <laughs> sorry guys. Uh, I have this like weird glitch on my computer. I think I've downloaded too many torrents where it'll just play like the shitty like movie trailer like over the audio. So like I'm trying to listen to you guys, did, but it's did not hear out. it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can't hear. I just thought you were in like yeah, your my mic bad. died or something. I'm sorry. You're doing great. Like, I can hear. You, I can hear you talking about uh, standing Kanye. I think just a second ago. Hold on. I'm gonna give it just a second. Are we? Oh my god. Now it's playing the Office theme song in my fucking ear. your your album of the year uh i guess you're the anti-grammy nominees so mm-hmm. is, is this is this uh separate from like what's going to be the the albums of the year or is this like more the response to the grammys so um so we started doing the anti-grammys when we first like started um doing um anti-art so like pretty much like like we didn't really like the nominees or we also don't really like how like some like nominees are chosen like of course like you know like some of the bigger stars they're, they're gonna be the ones chosen on there but then i feel like the little people kind of like miss out so then we started doing the anti-grammys where we just nominated like songs that we really liked and then we pretty much like printed back to the page and we put on our stories like to have people vote on whether or not like you want this um artist to be the best of like i don't know the rap category or yeah. album of the year or best song so we kind of like make it more of like a community and like kind of like keep it straightforward in that way rather than kind of like having to like have background <laughs> room talks you know what i mean like kind of like how like kanye and taylor were just kind of thrown into the grammys this year just because well for no real reason really like i feel like they didn't really like it until they just tossed it in there yeah i mean i like these lists because these lists i feel like they feel yeah. more true to what the spirit should be ideally mm-hmm. it, it yeah, definitely like, feels it, it it feels like in touch let's put it that way as opposed to out of touch no exactly like we like we always try to like pride ourselves in that of just like we're able to like kind of like cut through um like what the media kind of tells us what's a good album like you know like Lil Nas X like his album is everywhere I go on Instagram 20 commercials on it I go outside there's like billboards of it there's blah 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 then like you kind of miss out on like other artists like uh let's see who else is on our list well i'm looking at like the, the album of the year like the you have the genesis awusu yeah exactly like yeah the, like well, that then japanese breakfast on. who obviously has gotten a lot of love and kali ukas who is uh really big but doesn't really kind of get like that kind of attention uh kanye yeah. nanda you got you know you stand uh mm-hmm. mock homie uh nick cave and warren ellis playboy cardi that record's really good uh spirit of the beehive all caps 
St. Vincent, a record I like a lot, but there's a lot of like, like media people who don't like that record. It's like, they, you know, this is the time we have to backlash against St. Vincent. And then uh, Tyler really? creator. Yeah. Yeah. Like we like, cause I feel like uh, our picks are just like, those are the songs I feel like people like our age or demographic are actually like enjoy rather than like, just because like you see the album a lot means like it has to be on the list just cause it's talked about like our, us, like we're, we're trying to go for more quality than like more just like what's hot right now in the news. Yeah. And also, you you know, you're uh, you're riding for smaller artists, which I think is like a big part of doing this sort of thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like because I mean, I mean, we didn't like another reason why we started the page because like uh, we just really just wanted to put people on to new music like like Genesis Owasu. Like I personally think it's like one of the top albums of the, of the year, just like in my personal list. And like if I can like like meet somebody and be like, hey, listen to this album. And then they come back to me like a day later being like, yeah, that was awesome. Like, yeah, this there's, makes there's me feel great like, stuff on that. Right. It's and it, this has like a. I like the guitar yeah. on that record, which is the thing you don't really get to say about like, I guess maybe maybe more in the past couple of years, but like on R&B records, you know, it's kind yeah, of a, like it's kind of a psychedelic R&B record. it's it kind of reminds me of like Tyler the creators kind of like uh how he makes music of just like like people like can kind of quote unquote call it rap but like it's way more than that it's more dynamic and like and Jenna Swasu too is just like he's such a nice guy like we had him on our podcast and like he talked about like making the album how like it was like him and like five dudes just in a, like a hot small room cranking that, that out guy's this Australian album. right yeah yeah he's from Australia like originally I think he's from Ghana and then he moved to Australia like as a kid and um yeah it's like it's crazy like he was telling us just like the differences between like america and australia like like did you know that there's like a rule over there or like a law that like if that like the radio stations had to meet a quota of how many independent artists that they had to put on the radio station independent i didn't know that i know in canada that there's there has to be x number of canadian artists but yeah the the independent part that's that's news to me yeah yeah it's it was news for me too. I, I was like, "Wow, that's really like awesome." Because like you can like able to put on like people you never even heard of, you know, like 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 you just listen to the radio. Like Drake will come on, and then I don't know, like a Genesis Wasu song will come on. Yeah, it must be nice to have listenable radio. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to like have like a fresh radio, you know. Like yeah, have you ever listened to like radio our, now? I Heart Radio uh, chain radio stations. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I feel like, like, they get stuck in their own algorithms and we're just like we're just have the same song every single day play at the same time every day with the things to which these deaf dumb blonde rappers is confined when they shit flops they'll be hitting gun line because they know if sun don't shine and sun don't shine and all this harder for them it's only so long fake thugs can pretend nigga you ain't live it you witness it from your folks past you scribbled in your notepad created your life never was impressed with lyrical matters my shit built upon the backs of pure facts and empirical data while strategizing chill out with the categorizing you niggas spend way too much time fraternizing wonder why you piss poor niggas be on message boards playing seeds of discord go get your front row seats for the greatest show on earth next 40 days and 40 nights show gonna hurt shit Hard when the rays don't shine. Niggas finna blame the clouds on the rain in the sky. Let's, let's wrap it up on some just like this shout out some hot stuff 2021. Uh what 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 are some things that you wish people heard more of that you were really into? Yeah, more of the underground stuff you're talking about? Yeah, or just like, you know, the the the, the underdogs. Okay. I mean, uh you know, we're gonna get into this on more on our podcast, but Arca just dropped the four albums. <laughs> Uh, it's what I've been listening to nonstop. Uh, Kick three. Uh, it's Kick I I I. That's been my my favorite of the the four so far. I'd say. Um, I love the way that she is able to um, con- continuously reinvent herself, and it was like literally like day after day she was able to do it. Um, like you know, uh, Kick two is more reggaeton. Kick three is more like just like completely chaotic. Kick four is like more of like w- like <laughs> total digital like one or tricks point never like craziness and then kick five is like an ambient album so that's what i've been so wait, what, what is the story with kick you're saying kind of like a day-by-day thing was this kind of like something that was made on a, a particular timeline i don't really i don't really have a background on this oh okay well, i just i've just kind of flicked through i think i listen i think i listened to kick three kick three is fire kick three is definitely yeah, kick three is real good yeah mm-hmm. but um yeah arca came up with this idea it's like the kick cycle or whatever and in 2000 uh, last year 2020 she dropped the first uh, edition of it and people thought it would be maybe like an every two years thing, every year thing. And then last week, she just dropped one after the other. Uh, <laughs> two through five. You know, people have had time on their hands. I'm sure she was, had nothing else to do. Yeah, it was like 50 songs. So I've been cycling through those and reviewing them one by one. <laughs> That's what I'm... Oh, my God. It's crazy. And and two of them, uh, I think, have made the year-end list. Uh, Kick Kick 5 and Kick 3, I think, are going to be on there. Uh, so far, at least. <laughs>
Yeah. I got. I got. I got to spend some time with that. With the kicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a lot of kicks. Um. Yeah. I mean, another album too that we really liked from uh 2021 was uh Spirit of the Beehives Entertainment Death. Um. I know it's one of Ryan's like favorite albums like ever too. Um. Yeah. They're really good. I, like they, it's like a really good like uh, alternative rock like psychedelic band like it, it sounds like so avant-garde but like their sounds so familiar somehow even though it's like kind of like like arca just like all these random noises that just like there's like a good like method to their madness you know what i mean yeah chaos with the with the with yeah exactly methodical chaos in that way where it's just like it is very poppy and like it does have good choruses and it does have like you know good sensibilities as far as like what people want to hear but it doesn't it doesn't lean into those sensibilities too much where it's like pop music you know it goes just weird enough where it like it can satisfy both audiences and that's that's the music that i think is like anti-art like the music that the music that is able to go against the grain so much that it's better than the shit that is that you know people actually like or whatever people that's or that's popular you know, it, it, it can compete on that, like, like Jesus, for example, you know, that's like an anti-art album for us. Um, but yeah, uh, a, a little brutal. Yeah, a little brutal. Exactly. Just yeah. a little bit of brutality to where it like uh, hooks you, but then it doesn't like, you know, uh, totally off put you. <laughs> exactly. you guys looking forward to uh, the you know either stuff we know is coming up or that you're hoping comes up or like things you want to hear more abstractly um yeah definitely i'm looking forward to a big year for our buddy genesis owasu uh, out of australia Uh, he came out with this album smiling with no teeth uh, one of my favorite albums of the year and i'm really looking forward to what he's doing next um, because i think australia has a really great uh, rock scene and a really great um, a scene that that you know uh, indie music can thrive in. So I'm looking forward to more from him. Um, definitely looking forward to more from um, bigger artists as well, like like someone like Frank Ocean. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, an album from him if he ever drops. Is that is that likely to come in 2022? <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> because that guy really can take his time. Yeah, he yeah. really does. I respect it. Yeah, I feel like 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 before the pandemic started like because he was coming out with some singles and like those were like really good and i felt like an album was around the corner but now just radio silence again until we showed up at the met gala with that homer baby <laughs> the baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh who else um i definitely want to hear like um let's see i definitely want to hear like another like japanese breakfast album again like i feel like now like like i really liked um uh jubilee a lot and i feel like like in this album like she was able to find her sound and i just can't wait to like yeah. hear more of like this 80s inspired pop rock alternative rock like sound again like it's gonna be i feel like it's gonna be even more defined in the next project i wanna be a man i wanna be a man i wanna be a man 
feel like she kind of stands out with some other, you know, similar artists, similarly aged artists. I feel like she has a real ambition and you like each of those records is kind of like leaping ahead of the, the other one. And like, like she's just going for it in a way that uh, like, she's just not bashful in that sense of just like, she, she doesn't really like censor her ambitions. I guess. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. And another album that did that, did that this year uh, since, you know, cause I, for some reason I, I got caught, I cut out of the, the albums of the year conversation with my fucking stupid ass computer, but uh Tyler, the creator, and uh, and Makami are two rappers this year, in my opinion, who really uh, did basically what you just said, where it's just like each album gets better and better. The ambition gets more and more uh, crazy. The stakes get higher. And, you know, in Tyler's case, it was like he was just absolutely going for it as far as like, you know, as you were saying, like being not being bashful, just like just being like, yeah, like, you know, my shit's the best shit. Like I have the supreme confidence and I'm looking forward to see where he yeah. goes. I uh, yeah I love that kind of supreme confidence and I feel like with him that was earned like he really did the work over like a decade mm-hmm. or so and now he's just like one of the best rap- rapper producers like he you know he you know I feel like in him it's like he's like I shall become Kanye and so <laughs> yeah because <laughs> there's not a lot of guys like that who are like you know the, the and he's more of a hands-on producer than Kanye is now yeah um but to, but to be that kind of rap or tour and to and to not and to be a solo artist obviously there's guys who like you know like a i mean i guess you could say like lp like and, and like rizza doesn't really he's not really that active yeah. now but you know but i these guys exist but uh but to do that and also be a star that's very special in rap it's uh and like he has incredibly good taste like all of his all like all of his records just sound so good. Yeah, especially the newer ones. They've gotten a lot better. And I and I heard you guys earlier talking about Lil Nas X, and that was he's. I feel like Tyler is kind of the inverse of that, where it's just like the music that he makes is so like it just so like in within his control and within his taste and like within his vocal range and all that stuff. Like everything that he does is is so like he knows what his abilities are. He knows what his strengths are. You know, he doesn't need all these flashy things around him in order to up himself but he makes the good quality music the good quality songwriting the good producing on his own end and then on top of that then he'll put like the cherry the cherry on top and i feel like someone like little nas x it's just like you know the cherry it's all cherries it's all cherries. it's all maraschino <laughs> cherries and there's no ice cream yeah, and there's no, like, i, mean, I can know? see the appeal of all whoops all cherries yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i definitely get it but tyler's the full tyler's the full sunday for me top to bottom you know he, all the toppings the yeah. bananas you know <laughs> everything <laughs> Master couldn't catch me, my legs long than a bitch. Not too much self-respect, I wash my hands for I piss. They try to talk me. I'ma just go. Yeah, when I turned 23, that's when puberty finally hit me. My facial hair started growing, my clothes and ain't really fit me. That caterpillar went to cocoon. Do you get me? See, I was shifting. That's really why Cherry Bomb sounded so shifty. My taste started changing from what it was when they met me. But first impression is everything. Ain't wanna let me go. Always curious as a child and asking questions. So I ain't get no fucks if and buts if they accept me. Yo, my boy Skateboard P gave me that speech in Italy session. Um, thankfully by hour three it detour perspective. Um, thoughts change so rapid. Turn about a fly, fly boy happen. All the bees buzz, be they buzz, scream, they love me. First time my private airline. Accolade song, I had time Go into my style, body, and feelings And fix my hairline Calm down in front of cameras Business hit tens of millions I'm not that little boy I was introduced to at one nine Mom was in the shelter When Yonkers dropped, I don't say it When I got her out, that's the moment I knew I made it I don't come for money, they deny it 
Cause I don't mirror the stereotypical products of my environment Eight figures and taxes taking that shit is stupid The flower gets its petal, they pluck it but never use it It's still potholes in the schools, where does it go? It's still loopholes that I use, nobody knows Massa couldn't catch me, my legs long than a bitch Got too much self-respect, I wash my hands for I piss They try to talk me up, but I keep short like Caesar Eyes open if I pray, cause I can't trust God either yeah, I remember maybe a couple years ago, like because he really kind of had like this leap. I think after Flower Boy, yeah, of kind of yeah. going from not just not just creatively, but just like in terms of popularity, where there was like like suddenly he's an arena artist. You know, if he has to, if he goes on tour, he has to play arenas. Yeah, yeah, and he headlines festivals. Like he's he like he attained that status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did, he did it on, on his and own. I don't think that was always like a thing that people would have guessed was going to happen for him. No, seriously. Like, I, I don't know. I just think just the way, like, over the years, like, just see him grow as, like, a producer and, like, songwriter. Like, and just, like, seeing, like, like kind of like Kanye, too. Just, like, every time, like, one of those two, like, would drop an album, we all know exactly, like, their mindset, their vibe, their feel, like, everything, th- like, in that particular project. You know, like, there's, a, like, uh, like, in Adrian Heartbreaks, like, like, you know, you know Kanye's been going through it. And, like, Igor, you know, well, I guess in a lot of the most recent Tyler albums that like, he's been going through with relationships. But, like, yeah, it's why, like, I think, like, they're so popular is that they're so able to, like, capture their particular situation or their particular, like, time and able to, like, portray it in such, like, a clear way. Yeah, well, they're, they're so honest with their writing and stuff like that. Even, like, Kanye with Donda is just, like, the way that, like, you know, they, they're able to have all these, like, emotional you know, outbreaks or like TMZ style, you know, uh, things that happen to them or whatever, like drama, that kind of stuff. But, at, but at the same time, they back it up with good music and then they reference that stuff. So it adds a whole other layer to it. And that's why like, you know, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was such a good album also, like, because it's just like, he was able to, you know, uh, talk the shit and back it up with like really, really solid music and like you know, make people yeah. care about his personal life. Yeah, I, th- I think that really is a thing is to have that raw nerve, but also like that raw musicality behind you and like a real forcefulness. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think like, you know, Dark Fantasy just has like some of those songs are just like this like a monster. But also I'm thinking of like power just, like, uh, they just kind of have this like monster quality to them. They're just like big stomping beasts of song. Yeah, exactly. And um, another artist that I'm looking forward to more from this year uh and also to talk about, you know, from from 2021, uh, JPEG Mafia. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's incredible. I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's funny because I was just about to ask you, like, who are artists that you feel like are on that trajectory? Well, they'll eventually make that kind of leap that uh, Tyler did where like he just got a little bit more popular. Every record mm-hmm. got a little bit better. Every record um or or there's been other there's other artists who i think in the past few years have kind of like made that leap i think japanese breakfast made that leap uh, mm-hmm. i think mitski yes was, definitely was, uh, something yeah. that people mitski wouldn't have guessed was going to be as popular as it is um but I, I was when i was kind of formulating that question i was thinking like i could see jpeg mafia being on the trajectory where like five four or five years from now like he's kind of makes that kind of Tyler Lee. Yeah. And I, and you know, I think a lot of artists like that who are self-produced and who do everything themselves like Arco or like JPEG mafia, like they'll start off in like the, you know, the trenches or whatever, you know, they might be producing for somebody or they might just be like having an album that's like semi-popular. And then they just completely like what they do is that they stick to their guns and that they have these talents that other people don't have. And like, you know, um, 
an, an artist that like gets everything handed to them or something and doesn't really produce for themselves. It's like hard for them to formulate a style because they're just like kind of going with whatever trend their producer wants. But someone like JPEG Mafia yeah. is so unabashedly just doing his own thing and going against the grain and doing what he wants to do. So eventually, like, you know, he's he's in the future in that sense and, and people will catch up to him eventually. And once they do, he'll be, you know, extremely popular, maybe not like an arena artist, but, you know, um, I think he'll be influencing the sound of what's to come in ways that people don't quite understand yet, I think. sense like this is going to be bigger and bigger um let me see who else i I have a list of people from this year i mean um you know me and troy have been really big fans of draco the ruler he's a Mm, artist out of cali and um he's been just absolutely tearing it up and his combination between just using that commercial kind of yg like um um, california bounce sound using that but also having these very specific and concrete details in his story and his storytelling and his songwriting and just the the amount of albums with which he produces and all that stuff, I think he's he's um, due for, you know, a, a, a big breakout year next year for sure. And he definitely had a big one this year too with uh, having Drake on his album and having Don Toliver on his album. I was, I, I was thinking like the, having that name or it sounds like a like a, a fictionalized version. Yeah, of <laughs> I feel like that name has to kind of go against it somewhat. Yeah, you know, I would I would have suggested early on like, hey, buddy, just go with the yeah. rule. <laughs> the rule is a cool name. True. It, it's it's the same with like the chance of the rapper. Where it's like you know you know chance is a good name, right? Or just like <laughs> your your given name is Chancellor. Just call yourself Chancellor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many records people are buying yeah. if his name was Chancellor, but you know uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I, I think I'm, yeah. I mean, but, but, but Chance the rapper always sounds so I'd say, I, well, awkward I don't know, and corny. I don't know if you're talking about the other Chance, like Chance the uh, the musician or Chance the rapper. Chance the guitarist. Chance the, chance guitarist. the husband. Chance <laughs> chance the director chance the director you know like i guess that's the only way that i can know uh you talking to chance the rapper yeah <laughs> oh that one yeah that's true and i, I... how do you feel about chance the rapper oh my by god the way? Like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's in a weird zone career-wise right now. it's he fell off big time but like honestly like he, he kind of like has no one to really blame but himself just because like just from what I, i've heard with the big day it's just like because like it's a coloring book i i like coloring book a lot like the, um chance three um i of course i like acid rap a little better but like 
but yeah. the, the coloring book. I, I think in the future, people will just kind of recognize Acid Rap as the classic. Yeah. Oh, of course. It, it's definitely like a classic. And and I feel like like just from what I read of just about the, the big day, just how it was made, it just seemed like it was just a mess from the beginning. And like it, yeah. it doesn't help too when like your you know sensei Kanye just says that you don't know how to make it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, also I feel like yeah he he just became very ubiquitous and then uh, also I feel like you know, like, like my debut albums here like what about those previous other three records you know <laughs> no, I'm an independent like, artist like when people when people do that thing where it's like oh those were just uh, those those full length albums were just mixtapes it's just like a, like a discography comb over where it's like buddy we know you have other albums we know this is basically your fourth album and you you know it's I think sometimes you can pull that off but he was not in the position to do so he was just too popular yeah no and and the other thing is that again like he'd rush through making the album like his his manager advise him many times like hey you're getting caught in the cycle right now where you're like you're on the high of like your marriage and this kind of thing and that kind of thing and like you know your your family is encouraging you to do this and that and it's like just slow down like you have to think about the album cycle like you have to make sure you have good singles you got to make sure this and that like you know what i mean and he, he just ignored all those things and and it got to a point where like he had the prudential center like as like a, a venue that's like in Jersey, it's like a pretty fucking big venue, and he had to downsize. Yeah, it's basically like if you if, yeah. if uh, Barclays Center and Ambassador Garden are busy, yeah, go to Prudential. Book at the Prudential. right, exactly. Center. He had that booked, and and he lost that. Um, he said that he took time off for family matters or whatever, but he really he lost that venue because like it, the big day didn't do shit, like did no numbers. People didn't want to see him live, so he he would have had to downgrade significantly. <sighs> but instead, that is so yeah. rough. Yeah, I mean. Cause he was like packing, like I think he played like two nights at like tennis, the, the Forest Hills yeah. tennis stadium when when the third one came out. Like he was, it's it's crazy to me when people fuck up <laughs> so badly that like enormous chunks of their audience disappear. Like one of the examples of this that I'm endlessly fascinated by is when Arcade Fire did their last record. Uh, what is it called? Like everything. Yeah, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that record. This stunk so much <laughs> that like like this. I mean, they went on this tour where they were they insisted on playing arenas. So, but they're playing to like you know arenas where like they're probably the sellable capacity is probably like sixteen hundred. No, more than that, right? Yes, no, sixteen thousand. Sorry, sixteen thousand. But they were selling like eight hundred oh tickets God. or something, like brutal, like Oof. brutal underselling, or eight, like eight, maybe eight, even eight, uh, you know, like a thousand or something. But yeah, it was like way, way underselling these places. The one of the most harsh examples of this is that when they played New York City, the previous like several times they were playing like like two or three nights in mm-hmm. an arena. And when they did for everything now, they could they had one night at MSG and it was so undersold that I was getting emails like, hey, buy four uh, Arcade Fire tickets for the price of one. Oh, my one. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh like God. like that kind oh of like, please, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like the, but to fuck up that much, that that much of your audience is like hard pass. Yeah. It's like wow it's a, it's yeah, a fragile thing it's, it's a fragile staggering. thing you gotta really think because when you put out an album you gotta understand that like you know that should you're gonna you can be touring that for four like frank ocean understood it better than a lot of people where it's like blonde is like every song is like fucking hit every song is like getting streamed like crazy you're getting you know and cardi too, play with cardi too used it did it this year really well where all the songs were so good and people are like need to go see them and it's like if you don't put out an album where people 
listen to it and people need to go listen to it, they're not going to listen to it. And then you're screwed for like three years because it's like, you know, where you could, yeah. yeah. But, but, but when you generally speaking, when you reach like that kind of arena level, people are mainly going to see you because they like your body of yeah, work yeah. or they like, you know, they're not necessarily that invested on what your new record is, especially because like, so for, for a record, that's new to put people off so much that they're like, I could, I could do a pass on the stuff I actually yeah. like <laughs> that. That's where it's rough where it's like, it's not like, you know, if you're going to go see these shows. They're going to play all those old songs for sure. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's where it really becomes a thing where it's like, wow, you have just nuked your reputation. It's, it's really fragile. Like yeah. people, people would be embarrassed to say that they went yeah. to your show. <laughs> yeah, it's a fragile ecosystem. I mean, like for sure. Like uh, I mean, for for rock artists too, especially like playing MSG. Like I saw that War on Drugs is playing Madison Square Garden, and I the War on Drugs is a great band. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, they're a great wow. band, but I I don't expect I, them to. I I mean, I kind of hate their new record. If I was making a hate, really, list, I would put that on. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was decent. yeah. I I just find like like the the sounds that they have on the record, I find so objectionable. Like some of the worst guitar mm. and keyboard tones I've ever heard on a record. It, it, it's way less experimental. It's just kind of, it is a lot of like Bruce Springsteen worship and that kind of thing on that album. I, the way I describe that record and I'm, I'll hold to it is that it sounds like if Brian Adams had made a record in the late nineties or early two thousands and the label made him shelve it because it had no. Oh, hands. damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it, it sounds very much like Brian Adams trying to do like a big record that had no hands Damn. on it. It's all, I think it's in our top list actually. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people really like it, but like that's one of those things where I was like, I simply don't yeah, hear it. I, I feel do you. Not. I feel it. I, I mean, I was listening because the the, uh, the guy went on that uh, the song exploder exploder mm-hmm. podcast. And was kind of describing like how he made one of those songs. I was like, yeah, look, look, the, the, the meat of the song is pretty good. But then he was kind of like explaining all the decisions he was making. And I was like, and I just came away from like, oh, yeah, I totally understand why you chose these things that I just find appalling. <laughs> this sounds so bad to my yeah. ear. But yeah, fair enough, man. I, I, I respect your process. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I wonder if he'll if he'll do well. I don't. I think he has two nights at MSG. It's like I don't I don't know if the War on Drugs is, is popping like. Well, that. If, they, if they book two, it'll be fine. I mean, well, I mean, Tame Impala played two. Oh, nights well, Tame Impala is like the kids love <laughs> the kids love Tame Impala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that yeah, two nights that seems crazy, but one night yeah, yeah. I can see it because you only you, you need to sell like sixteen thousand, maybe eighteen thousand MSG. Right? Yeah, uh, and I feel like yeah, I can I can see that because it's either like because that's a I think the last time they were playing here was like Radio City. Yeah, Radio City seems like a more appropriate venue. It's same with like Jane, like James Blake is another artist that comes to mind, like where it's like he's kind of like. Ah, uh, you got to be real careful. Yeah, he can, he just played yeah, radio. He's got to be real careful uh, with his venues because he's like he's pretty popular and he's produced on a lot of like people shit like Kendrick and stuff. But like if he, if he tried to play MSG, it just like it would not go well. Yeah, that's too big for him. Like they're like uh, the th- I think this thing is like if you have to play multiple nights at Radio City, you may as well just go. Yeah, it's fair. Arena. But if you if you like if you can pull off one, then that's about it. Like. I, the last time I was there, I saw St. Vincent play there, and like I think she sold maybe like seventy-five to eighty percent mm-hmm. of the venue. It was not a sellout. 
Uh, but like Mitski just like sold it out yeah, in like, 30 yeah, yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. And she could definitely have played two shows there. Maybe she will add it later. Some of these people have a real built in audience like, like that where it doesn't go by album. Like Mitski is like, she has her fan base. She's one of those artists in my, in that like, in that like group of people like the Fiona Apple, Arca, Bjork, like, you know, contingency or whatever, where she like, you, I post any pictures of Mitski, it's getting a thousand likes. Like, not, no question. Yeah. I mean, pe- people have a real devotion to her. And I, 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 she's kind of in the same zone of like, I don't, I don't fully there's there's a few of her songs i think are pretty good but it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like, I, like i'm not in that fan base uh but like it, it makes absolute sense to me that she is what she's become and uh yeah it's just like she she uh she feels a niche I, I, she's probably the best she is at what she does yeah i mean going back to that whole phoebe bridgers thing about like being depressed or like oh music for like needing your therapist or whatever like Mitski, Mitski, the thing about Mitski's a little more MPR. yeah the thing about her well the thing about her that i love so much is that i think her vocals are so passionate and her songs are so like poetic in certain ways but she but depending on what she wants to do she can go experimental she can go real poppy um and i love the way that you know it, as a, we talked about this on a previous podcast but the way that phoebe bridgers is like on social media and like you know talks about her music in like this echo chamber way where it's just like kind of limited mitski totally like separates herself from social media and she like she just like writes and she has almost like a david lynch style like of create creating yeah. well i mean it, okay in fairness like she basically got a got like scared off yeah 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 i mean i i would too that was she there there was a whole thing oh wait what happened yeah. there i didn't i didn't and hear about that I fully do not blame her for being like you know what i don't i i literally don't need this i'm successful enough a lot of people i mean a lot of artists like do social media simply because they sort of mm-hmm. have to this is it's part of the job now but you know if you don't have to do it you don't have to do it it's just like look, look there's a point where like artists don't have to do interviews so they don't do it yeah right exactly and if you can get to that point i think that's when you can start selling things out like crazy and and that's when you get the real rabid fan base where people will like come and see you no matter what you know, and, uh, you know, just like kind of bring it a full circle with like chance and all that kind of stuff. It's just like he he thought he had that, but he really didn't like and it's kind of the rug kind yeah. of just pulled out from under him real quick. I do think with rap, it's a little more tenuous. Very there's, much. there's only yes. so many artists where like like where you really have like that kind of long term pump base you know? <laughs> or <laughs> like a little pump. Like like that's like that's the story of like he was selling out like crazy. You know what I mean? And now it's just like he's in debt. He can't like he can't write a hit. It's like you get you you might get a year where you're like the number one artist. You're working with Kanye. You're on SNL. You're modeling. You're dating Riley Reed. And then it's like a year later, it's like who? Yeah, rap is a tough one. Yeah, I think that, yeah. I mean, to, to have a career like Kanye West or uh, Tyler the Creator, those are real outliers. Yeah, in rap. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can have like. I think more and more you can have like longer careers or at least, but to have like, like a major relevance, like there's a lot of ageism that's mm-hmm. in rap. Uh, I mean, maybe that's kind of going away a little bit, but there's also like more generations that are kind of becoming, you know, more, more apparent in rap too, where like a lot of things that like, like kind of like millennial rappers, like mean nothing to Gen Z rap. Fans, yeah. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like you know, I mean, ultimately, what you're seeing with rap is because like rap is like twenty, maybe thirty years younger than you know the this rock as we mm-hmm. know it. I would say go back, going back to like the fifties. Um, <laughs> it's just like the things that happen just happen on a different time schedule. So there's just a lot of like that kind of like hard generational divides have become more apparent because you now you're like 
your you know raps like and it's like entering its fifth decade basically yeah no that's fair it's a young genre and it's definitely more homogenized than rock like yeah but but not but not that young anymore true is, i think is kind of the point yeah, i'm getting point. at is that uh yeah so a lot i think a lot of things in rap have kind of uh there's just so many more lanes you can exist in rap now because I, I mean i'm just thinking of like how rap was when i was like a teen or so in the 90s where there's basically like two or three kinds of rap and then there was like the old school stuff yeah 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 now you can yeah, be like and, a and the old school stuff wasn't even that old yeah now you could be like time, you could be like you know? like in like 1997 you're like 10 year like you're less than 10 years out from like public enemies mm-hmm. big records but those records felt old very yeah old. yeah no i i, I mm-hmm. whereas i mean we were talking about 808s and like those kanye records and those don't feel as old now they just feel like they're old but they don't feel like old. yeah 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 like in the way that public enemy i see what you're saying or like um uh yeah i think that like when the time frame extends like things are there's a little more leeway yeah no that, that definitely makes a lot of sense but yeah but i think we should we should wrap it mm-hmm. here uh tell people how they can find anti-art in your various things like what where should they be looking? um so yeah we were on a ton of different platforms before but now we've kind of m- mostly just uh circled onto instagram so instagram uh it's going to be underscore underscore anti-art underscore underscore uh mostly you can probably just look up anti-art on instagram and you'll be able to find our, us with our you know red logo uh on top of that we're working on a website it'll probably be called anti-art.us i hope nobody takes that uh domain from us but uh, when I said out loud, I mean, someone listen to this. This is a prank. This is a real fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> whoever does that is rude. And uh, we also have a podcast called the Anti Art Podcast. You can find it on all streaming platforms: uh, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your pods. Uh, that's pretty much where we're at now. Uh, Tro, do you have any additional additional plugs for our page or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we also have the Anti Art, um, just like regular Spotify account where we curate playlists. So if you guys, you know have a party coming up soon you need a playlist for that we got you so feel free to look up that as well i think it's just the anti-art right on Spotify. it's like a you can just go to the link in our bio it's the easiest way to find it i'd say yeah link in bio mm-hmm. yeah highly recommended exciting stuff bring them you guys are bringing back the spirit of things i appreciate that thank i appreciate that compliment a lot um thank you that was, <laughs> wow if you can tell that yeah. we don't get a lot of compliments you know? <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of good words on yeah. the internet about us <laughs> yeah i think that's the thing when, when you're just basically a blogger you just kind of you, you wait around and once if once every few months you get one yeah <laughs> yeah and that's and that's the comment that really helps us keep going you know we just and such yeah such is the blog yeah, yeah. you know we'll say it back we really like your blog uh we'd like the your format and everything and uh you know i like that you continue to keep uh keep up to date with things like you keep you you know you keep the post going and stuff like that i don't know if it's like your side job or that's your main thing or whatever but it, whatever it is it really seems like you're dedicating a lot of time to it and it looks great so yeah it's it's it's, it's a side mm-hmm. thing but yeah thank yeah. you yeah. all right we'll wrap it here thanks for coming on guys yeah thanks for having thanks us for, really appreciate thanks it. for having us sorry for all the glitches <laughs> met you on a saturday knew it was something soon as you spoke it i fucking across the table don't think anybody noticed you asked me if i was coming the city you from maybe we should kick it i was interested that would be dumb if i deny long legs good ears great taste smell good sense of humor obvious a good face and we clicked we was at each other's hips i ain't even